Lifehouse Beloved podcast and we've got a special treat for you tonight or today, Um, wherever you are in the world it might be tonight or today, but we have got the voice that goes with the face behind Beloved, so we have Stacey Thomas with us tonight. Hi everyone. And I'm joined as well by Debbie Singh and myself, Carolyn Thomas. (laughs) So tonight um, we're going to... uh, uh, our topics for the next couple of podcasts is continuing on looking at the words or the commands of Jesus. And our first one tonight, we're going to start with looking at the parable of the wedding banquet. And Stace is going to start by reading the text was Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Okay, so this comes from NIV. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet, tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he sent to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners, invite those to the banquet, anyone you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, He noticed a man who was there not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Thanks, Stacey. This is a topic that Debbie spoke on. She preached at Life House Church a couple of weeks ago, so you can download that on our sermon podcast. And so I'm going to hand over to you, Debbie, just to go. Thank you. Yeah, it was was a really good um, parable to be given to to (laughs) preach on, my first big preach. Yeah, so um, a lot of my thoughts are on on that other podcast, but you'll probably hear them here as well tonight today again wherever you are. (laughs) Uh, So I I thought I'd start by just asking you ladies what were your first initial thoughts on the parable? So yeah Carol? I guess mine's all tied up it'll go as we go through the questions but just my initial thing you know when I I first read that is just like wow a king invited them like to a wedding you know wedding is something like to me I don't know it's quite an honour to be invited to a Mm. wedding and and it was a king and they refused it that just really struck me like gee why would you refuse yeah Mm. yeah well that's the same it's kind of like well you know it's such an event the king not just any man off the street it's you know the head of the city and the head of whatever it is and no, I don't feel like coming, you know, whatever. No one ever does that to a party, you know. You're kind of like, oh, wedding, let's go, yeah. let's go, but no. So. Isn't that funny? Because my, my initial thoughts, when I, um, when I was, before I was going to preach on it, I actually asked a few friends what their initial thoughts were, and they, they each gave me different points of view. And, um, 
and none of them were the ones that I actually thought of either. The, my initial reaction was to look at the guy who was kicked out. I was like, well, that's a bit harsh, you know? And like, you know, I didn't even think about what you guys were saying, but, you know, wow, it's the king. I was thinking, wow, this king's a bit harsh, kicking this <laughs> yeah, guy out just because yeah. he's not wearing the right clothes. So, yeah. So um, also the the end of that um, whole parable, the many are invited but few are chosen, that really struck a chord with me yeah, as well. I, definitely. I, I've always known those words to be part of different um, verses and, you know, about the elect and things like that. And I always kind of thought, oh, I don't know if that's me, so I don't know <laughs> if I want to read that So, or if I want to take that on board or I didn't really know what to do with it. So that was a bit... It um, was the kind of part that you just speed read, Hayley. Yeah. Skip over. over that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And because it's such a short sentence, it was easy to skim over. So... Um, yeah, and so when I had to actually preach on it, it was good for me to actually get in and and and, um, and have a good look at it. <laughs> so there's kind of two parts to the parable. There's the original invitation and then the second invitation. And so I thought we'd just start by looking at the original invitation. Um, so where it says that Jesus, um, sorry, he was telling the, he was actually talking to uh, the priests and um, Pharisees. Pharisees, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, when he was when he was telling this parable, so the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding. Sorry, is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. So, as I mentioned, the the wedding feast was well, as I mentioned in in my sermon, I should say, the wedding feast um, was a long awaited event. And um, so the invitations had been out for a while. So I thought I'd just explain for those who haven't heard the, the sermon. Um, basically, weddings back then, they would come as um, men and women would be the bride and groom, I should say, would, would get together with their parents and they would sign a, a contract, I guess, and then they would then separate. Oh, so then they were officially married. They'd then separate and go their separate ways and the groom would go and um, prepare his, you know, uh, the house for him and his wife and then the wife would go and prepare herself with all her bridesmaids and then he'd come and get her. And so it would take a while for that whole process. He'd come and get her and then they'd have their wedding feast. So, um, like I said, it's... It's one of those things that had been out for a while, so they just had to be prepared for it. Invitation. So that initial invitation, um, they refused to come. I mean, that there, and as you said, who Jesus was talking to, it was the Jews that actually refused to come. Um, mm. You know, they were God's chosen people, and yet when God's son, when Jesus, um, who's the king's son, um, came, God, you know, the king invited them to the banquet. They didn't accept it, accept him. They, re- they were invited, but they refused to follow him. They found better things to do. Yep. Mm. So yeah, and, and then so then there was a, like so after he initially invited them, then he had the follow up invitation yeah. of you know going out and just saying now just to be sure, so you know what I've got prepared. Yeah, yeah. This is well, and that's yeah, so. that really struck me as well. You know that um, 
he still, as you said, he sent more servants out and said, you know, t- to encourage them, tell them I've prepared everything. And and to me, that just really, you know, you've got a question here. What does it say about the king? It shows us that he's kind and long suffering. Yeah. And you know, he God always has, and he still does. He always still continues to call his people and to reach out to them, even though you know often we reject him. Um, yeah, and it's real persistent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He'll just chase you down. <laughs> um, and, you know, that goes to his long-suffering and his love, just how much he loves us. And it made me think of a scripture as well. There's a scripture that says that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And so just seeing that as well, you know, how they refused and yet he still tried to entreat them to come in. Yeah. Anything, anything, anything else to add? <laughs> Um, no, kind of said it. They were invited, you know, several times, but they just chose not to come. And then because of this resulting factor, multitudes of people perished, you know. That was their their thing. They were the promised people, and they rejected him. Mm. And then you've got, yeah, what does it say about those who reject him? And, um... I just think there as well, it just, it just shows that they were careless and, and they were indifferent basically. And as we said, a wedding is something really joyous that they're invited to. And, um, you know, just the same as us for Christians, we're invited into Christianity and you're actually invited into something that's joyful and joyous. And, you know, you can miss out on so much when we refuse. And I think often the problem is people think of Christianity as something of having to give up everything that's fun and um but in fact, you're actually going to lose out on something joy because it's better than anything temporary, any temporary happiness that you know the world offers us. And 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 you know, Stacey, you mentioned there as well that you know they had better things to do or they thought mm. they were better things. And you know that's the sad thing as well because often if you look at what it says, I think it said one went to go to his business um, and yeah. what yeah. was the other something yeah. similar. Um, often. Yes, feel that. So often it's the second best which shuts out the best. So it's yeah. not necessarily something that's bad or seems bad. And, um, you know, so that, yeah, they were preoccupied then that tells us with earthly things. And as I said, not bad things, but they were careless with the things of eternity. And, and so they placed their duties and their earthly duties and concerns, their business and all that above what's really important. And mm. it made me think of that Matthew 6.33 where it says... Um, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And I think often we can get that the wrong way around. Yeah. We try and guard all these other things. Um, but, you know, and we, we often think if we put God first, oh, all that's going to suffer when it's actually the reverse. Because you put God first and seek that first, all of the rest will come into line properly. Yeah. As it's supposed to be. And so we've got to be really careful that we're not so busy making a living that we don't choose life. Um, and so busy with cares and stuff of our life that we forget that life itself, which is really God. Mm. Yeah, so have I said it all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I know, I've pretty much got nothing else to say. That's good. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, one, one little thing that I, I thought was interesting was um, the, when he said about the farm, you know, one to his farm, another to his business, I didn't really think too much about that. I was like, oh, one went this way, one went that way. Um, I was reading in the Matthew Henry commentary and he was talking about how, you know, one was the country and one was the city and how both of them have their own temptations because, you know, how often do you see people wanting to, you know, desire a country life or desire a city life, you know, and and for the different temptations and and it's that lifestyle again, you know. That's really good. But, um, yeah, so... 
Well, I thought we'd move on then to the wedding clothes. Yep. So this was, um, yeah, this I got lots out of this part. <laughs> so, um, what? Okay, we just the wedding clothes were where it says um, when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what are the wedding clothes, Stace? Put you on the spot there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I said that, that it's like those that have put Jesus first. They kind of live by, you know, they put in the faith of Christ and so that's the, um, they choose to put him through like every part of their life and that's they live a life of Christ really. Mm. Yep. So what about you Karen? Yeah so I've a wedding clothes to me it speaks to it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ um, because the Bible yeah. tells us as well we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ and and, the, and and in fact it's only if we are clothed in his righteousness which only comes from accepting him that we can actually even stand and go into God's presence because you know He's a holy God, and, and so we can't get in any other way. And yeah, so receiving um, Jesus' sacrifice, the only legitimate means of entering into that wedding banquet. And um, so, yeah, the wedding clothes as well, it's referring to that process of justification, which is, you know, as we know, just as if I hadn't sinned, which yeah. is accepting Christ's sacrifice. And um, I've got a little quote here from the Matthew Henry commentary as well. Um, if the gospel is the wedding feast, then the wedding garment is a frame of heart and a cause of life agreeable to the gospel. Those and only those who put on the Lord Jesus and to whom he is all in all have the wedding garment. Mm. So Debbie's not <laughs> she obviously has it quite Yeah. <laughs> so it was a it was a that's a um Yeah, that that I when I had read that same quote, I thought that's it's so bang on the head, you know, just hits an arrow right on the head, you know, those and only those who put on the Lord Jesus and to whom he is all in all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have the wedding garment. So if you yeah. If you're wondering if you've got it <laughs> Have you got a relationship, that's what it that's is. It. Personal that's personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. So um why was the king so harsh on the man who came in then? Do you think it was harsh, Stacey? I mean, coming in personally, if I was thrown away, I'd think it was a bit harsh. But when you think of it from a biblical sense, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Well, and and you know, I was thinking about that as well because yeah, we read it and sort of we think it's harsh, but again, harsh is like that concept, the same as that. It's unfair. It's just our human concept. Mm. Um, it's and it's not actually harsh because. You know, God has certain things in place. He has principles and laws and, you know, he's a just God and, and he's He's laid everything out and he's given the invitation. He's given all the opportunity. And so really what has happened there is just the consequence of refusing to come in the legitimate way, the mm-hmm. way that he set out through Jesus. And so, you know, it's not actually harsh. It would be harsh if the man didn't know that or the way mm-hmm. wasn't provided or, yeah. you know, the garment, the means of getting the wedding garment wasn't provided. Yeah. And, so we've always got to remember as well that God is just and so he sets his laws in place and he gives us, you know, all that ample opportunity and so that harshness is just a human concept um, and he's not unfair and he's not harsh because he gave the invite and we saw there as well, you know, he gave that second invite and 
and as I said, he provided the means that we, the ones who refuse him, and then get shocked at the consequences, you know, mm-hmm. which we were warned about in the first place as well. And, you know, God is holy and just, and, and we just can't come to him our own way. And this is really, I think, what that parable is speaking to at a deeper yep. level as well. There's a legitimate way of coming in to mm-hmm. the banquet, yep. and there's an illegitimate way. And we, we've got to come in his way. Mm. And his way is Jesus Christ. And if we don't, then we bear the consequence of our choice. It's not being God being harsh. It's just our choices. And so I just, yeah, so that's what I, sorry, I was going to go on no, to challenge. No, you're right. yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, just as an aside for listeners, um, that we, um, the wedding clothes that in, in the biblical times, they were set out already for for guests to come so they were actually chosen for them so I just thought I'd put that out there so by him not actually wearing the wedding clothes into the wedding feast was actually a big insult for the king so in the same way by those who you know pretend that they are um for the king and that they're you know for our for our lord you know they're throwing it back in his face by pretending, really. Yeah. So by saying, yes, yes, I'm going to get in and telling everybody. So, yeah, I think I talked a bit about that in my sermon in saying, you know, you can look around at other other Christians around you and not know whether they're actually wearing the wedding clothes or not, whether Jesus is there all in all. But yeah. the king, he just needs to come and look at that person. He'll know in an instant yeah. whether yeah. or not they yeah. they have that. I yeah. actually... Um, I was listening to Alistair Petrie teachings the other day, and he mentioned something that you go um, go into some places overseas and you preach, and they they have an unsaved response to the gospel. So they respond to the gospel, and they oh it's great, it's great, but they're not saved, and they don't then go in and do that mm. you know further stage and become a Christian, have the relationship and everything. So mm. they just think it's great and. Don't put the clothes on, but they want to attend anyway. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. And that, and that's it, isn't that what you said? It's a good point there, Stacey. They don't put the clothes on, but they want to attend. Yeah. Um, and often we have people don't want to commit fully, but they want the benefits. That's it, um, yeah. You know, and, yeah, you can't have it. And like you say as well, you know, there's people that can make paid lip service to it. Like there's that scripture as well. Um, you know, they these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Mm-hmm. And so, as you said, the king knows in an instant he can see and, and he'll see right into our heart. And, yeah, and it's just, um, if we're not doing it his way, then it's the illegitimate way and that's mm-hmm. the end of the story. And so, yeah. Basically, we have to be all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, fully committed. Because, again, I thought of that, you know, Revelation three sixteen where it says you know if, if you're not hot or cold no I'll cold. spit you out of my mouth yeah I warm. thought of that a few times I was like well like warm look <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it so that's you know you come to church and you be one way and you know yeah you, you're neither hot nor cold either way yeah. so you know. and then the sad thing is we can deceive ourselves and maybe you know we can also deceive people around us for time but we can't deceive God you know you can't mm. fool God so. And that's why we love doing these podcasts, isn't it? Because it gives us a good um, challenge as well and just a good workout to see <laughs> yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got, we, well, this one, we might um, just end that there. That's just a shorter one today, just a little introduction. But we're going to end with a challenge. Is, is, um, let's see if everyone's got a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can say my challenge <laughs> that you can that you can examine whether you're wearing the the wedding clothes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I've got his wallet, and no, I just threw that open there. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought Debbie would be gracious to Stacey for a first time and let Stacey read that one oh, and make one up off your head. Do you not understand my signals that I'm passing here? Um, but yeah, just thought um, another good challenge is, is just to really look and examine yourself and say, am I trying to approach God without the righteousness of Christ? Because if I'm trying to approach him without the righteousness of Christ, then I'm trying to do it by my own merits and my own righteousness, which, you know, I don't have righteousness. And Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And I think that's really the crux of the matter here. There's only one legitimate way to come in. Are we coming in that way or are we trying to come in our own way? So we've been talking about, um, you know, wedding clothes and what the wedding clothes are, the righteousness of Christ. And so why is it important to be dressed in wedding clothes, Stacey? Well, to be dressed in the wedding clothes, you must be living a life of Christ. You have to have that relationship, intimate relationship with God and, you know, be spend, um, you know, the day. Sorry. Spend your day in the word, not your whole day, but, you know, try to not if you can. Day. Well, you can. <laughs> But you can't read your Bible all the day long if you have work. So. <laughs> but, you know, you, you know, you live by the fruits of the Spirit and everything you do is, is for Christ and yep. for Him. So, Debbie, why do you think it's important to be dressed in wedding clothes? Because you want to get into the party. I was going to say, you want to go to the wedding. <laughs> so if you want to get to that party, you make sure that you're... Um, you know, you're right with Christ. So. Yeah. And as Stacey said, it's it's the only way, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's that relationship with Christ, the only legitimate means of entering into the King's presence. Only by the blood of Jesus can we come into God's presence because he's a holy, just God. And I just want to read to you guys um, John 10, verses 1 to 10, because I think this really illustrates the point of why we need the wedding clothes. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech so that the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So I, I thought that verse really illustrated yeah. that there's one legitimate yep. way. So, you know, one way in through the gate, and that's what the wedding clothes, the righteousness of, yeah. of Christ is for us to get in there. That's so clear cut, isn't it? Yeah. It's like this or this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try and get in the window, you're, you're bad, really bad. Yeah, and, um, you know, we can see as well the consequences of not dressing well in verse 13. Stacey, do you want to just read that verse 13 for us? Um, Yeah, it says, um, Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside in in the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right, so what thoughts have you had, you know, what thoughts do you have around that, girls? Anyone? I said, so therefore, if we aren't in the party, we're out. So far out, it's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I like that. 
Do you have no. anything to add, Stace? Oh, that's pretty perfect. You're <laughs> <laughs> not in the party yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, so far. Yeah, the yeah. consequence. Yeah, um, you know, when I was first, uh, I suppose, a young Christian and I first read that and I didn't fully understand it and, you know, I thought like, and I think you mentioned it earlier, Debbie, I thought that, well, he was invited and yeah. so he went and then he got thrown out. And, you know, I had overlooked and I'd not understood at that stage about wedding clothes um, and, you know, not having those wedding clothes then is actually the same as saying I can get myself into heaven on my own merits and, mm-hmm. you know, that was part of my... Um, struggle I don't know if I'd call it a struggle but you know to come to Christ or maybe what you know took me um, longer probably than it should have is that I you know hadn't done anything that I considered really sinful or really horrendous or you know I was a good girl growing up and um, so it, it really just when when I came to the point of accepting Christ I can it was when I got that conviction that I was actually sort of saying well I don't need a savior because mm-hmm. I've been a good girl and so I struggled to get to that point of actually seeing, you know, I'm a sinner and, and have iniquity and stuff because I was a good girl. And so it took me realizing, well, hang on, we're saying that. I'm saying, well, Jesus, thank you very much. You didn't actually have to die for me because I haven't done anything really bad or really wrong. I've always been a good girl. And, um, you know, so so that makes me just think of that, that, you know, that's what if you don't have your wedding clothes and you expect to come in, it's just thinking, well, I can get there on my own merits. Christ didn't actually have to die for me. And so, you know, if we don't have a personal relationship with Christ and we accept the invoice, you know, uh, invoice, invite, we can, you know, we can believe but go no further. We don't put on Christ. We don't allow change. We don't allow sanctification. We don't repent. We don't lose our, our old way of doing things. Um, yeah, and it's just too casual as well, isn't it? It sounds good. Yep, I'll come to the party, but I'm not prepared to be stripped of my clothes, yeah. I'm not prepared to actually give it all up and do anything further mm. that's required. So yeah. So um, this next one that you had here, Debbie, is quite thought-provoking. Hey, is it just a case of saying yes to Jesus to be chosen, or is there more that we need to do? Mm. So do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So um, when in my sermon I, I likened it a bit to going on a trip, and I did a little. Um, um, I guess illustration. illustration. I was like, "What's the way? <laughs> where?" I was saying, you know, if people, if if who, who would like to come on a trip, and those people who put their hands up, I'd say, "Okay, yep, you, you're chosen. You can come on the trip." But um, are they still? Are they going on the trip then? You know, it mm. doesn't. They actually have to show up. They have to, you know, I said they have to put their hand up. They have Spare to be the be prepared. Get prepared. Um, yeah, because it was a spur of the moment trip. They wouldn't know when it was going to. They had to be on the guard, on guard, looking out for the timing, um, and show up when called. As in, they have to be faithful. Yeah, so, yeah, mm. good. Yeah, that um, I like what you said there as well. It's not just a case of yeah, you could put up your hand to say, and you yeah. might be chosen to go. But are you prepared to pay the cost or, or to count the cost at that point? Yeah. The cost of really going, and in this case, with you know, cost of submitting fully to that process of sanctification and changing, and you know, so we have to really look. Are we saying yes? But really, is it yes, even if it means I'm going to lose everything? Yeah. Is it yes that I'll even lay down my very life if that's what's asked of me? And um, Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. So mm. it's not just a case of saying yes. It's a case there is more to it. There's saying yes and then being prepared to follow through and count the cost and, and do whatever um, it takes. And as you, you've got um, Revelations 14, 17, 14 here, Debbie, where it says... Mm. They will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Mm. And so, you know, that shows us clearly as well, we need to not only be called and chosen, but to be chosen, then we've got to be faithful as well. And really, yeah. So we, the question to ask ourselves is, can God actually count on us? Mm-hmm. Have we got that faithfulness? And so what do you think that means for our day-to-day, Stacey? Well, we need to have that absolute trust in God that He will take care of us if you know we're down in the dumps. We, you know, we've paid the price, and is He going to take care of us? And yes, put our faith and trust in Him. And we need to know the Word and how it impacts through our life and through those times of triumph and trouble and whatever. And I think what you said is really important that we need to know and believe that you know that He'll take care of us because. To be faithful as well, and and you know, if you're going to follow this through and commit fully, then you will look at the cost, and and you need to trust, like mm. you say, with the cost that he is going to be there to carry you through. Mm. What do you think, Debbie? Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, you, you can't take your everyday for granted. You know mm. that, mm. you know that, it, like, yes, we can we can trust, but you can't just take it for granted, you know, like you can't just go through every day and plodding through going, oh, well, you yeah. know, it's all taken care of, it's all good. You know, you you need to still be in that constant communication with him and um, and not get lazy in, in your service to him and, mm. and your relationship with him and, and being on guard, you know, like just um, watching yourself, you know, for those times when you might just start to get comfy and because you know basically in in the parable it's talking about how they you know they didn't want to come because they were too comfy in their life you know and and if you get too comfy in your life you know like you were saying in that verse you know you'll lose it yep so if you love it then you'll lose it yeah yeah um yeah and and i think that's it for every day it just means basically being prepared to go put God first in everything yeah. and above yeah. everything, isn't it? Yeah. And, and being dependable, that's the faithfulness, not yeah. failing when things get tough. Um, you know, can God count on us to hold the line in a crisis? Because, you know, it's easy to serve him and to be faithful when everything's going well, but it's really when you're in a fire, um, do we remain faithful? Do we trust him even when our life seems to be turned upside down? Or does distrust of him creep into our heart at that point? Do we start to blame him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, that's a really deep root for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I just thought, I thought this was brilliant, but that's just, you know, that I got here. <laughs> what was the Lord, not me. But, but I just thought, um, you know, this is the test of fire. When we go through those hard times, and I thought of um, Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach, that you know the fire was made hotter, and they were thrown in, thrown into the fire, and you know they went and willingly saying, "Our God can save us, and even if He doesn't," and you know they came out without even smelling of fire. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. You know, when our life gets turned upside down, you know it might be someone close to you betraying you. It could even be the death of a loved one. Do we trust Him, or deep down do we blame God there? Um, you know, so do we come? Can we come out of the fire, not even smelling of, of smoke or, or smelling of fire? So, yeah. So the next question is, how can we be sure we chosen and stay chosen? 
And John 15:16 from that um, says, you did, not cho- you did not choose me, but I chose you. So how can we be sure we're chosen? Put on the mantle of Christ. Hmm. Well, that's it, believing, isn't it? That, that you know, um, And that scripture says. Yeah. So there's how we can be sure we're yeah. chosen. The <laughs> word says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. It tells yeah. us. And, you know, it's not a, ever a case either of God unchoosing us. I know that's not a word, but, you know, <laughs> it is us who actually would walk away from him or mm. reject him. So he says, I have chosen you. So he's not ever going to unchoose us, if you like. We would walk away. And, and so the way um, that we need to stay in him is to make sure that we remain in Christ. John fifteen four to 6 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and, you know, Stacey, you mentioned that as well. It's to have the word in you as well, so that because that's what helps you. That's what sometimes you have to just, you know, that's what you hold on to. Yeah. And like that, when you start to get doubts or the enemy attacks and stuff, you know, about being chosen, it's no, the word says I am chosen by him. That's how I know. You just have to believe the word. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so really, yeah. How can we be sure we're chosen? Make sure you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay chosen. Keep that relationship healthy and active and intimate and, you know, and believe what the word says, basically. Yeah, so I think that we'll probably end there. Um, so we just have a challenge for you. Debbie, would you like to share a challenge? Yes, just to take time to have a look at whether or not you've got those wedding clothes on and, um, you know, what you need to do to make sure that you're wearing them properly. Yep. Anything to add, anyone else? No, that's it. Um, yes, yeah, so just remember Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not from yourself, it's the gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. So as Debbie said, those wedding clothes, righteousness of Christ, make sure that's what you're wearing when you approach God. Thank you, and we will uh, speak to you next week. If you'd like to check us out on our website, www.life-house.net, and make sure you have a look at our Facebook page as well. All right, thank you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, girls.